Welcome back to Here and There, the podcast of the Germanic American Institute. This is Günther hosting. Looking back just about two weeks ago, we recorded and published an episode with Catherine and Audra talking about the upcoming election in Germany. Meanwhile, the Germans have spoken and cast their votes towards a new political representation. Today, we're talking about the outcome. This is the podcast of the Germanic American Institute. Welcome. Welcome. Where Germanic-speaking European countries... Germany. Deutschland. Austria. Österreich. Switzerland. Schweiz. Blend with the Midwestern United States. Hallo. Servus. We are here and there. And we invite you to come along on the journey. And to talk about the outcome of the German election, of course, we have enlisted reinforcements. Uh, one who certainly understands politics much better than anyone of us at the GEI. That would be Katrin. Katrin, welcome back to the show. Moin. And we're looking all the way across the ocean, back into the motherland. You've heard him before, the man, the myth, the legend. Wim is back with us as well. Well, Wim, good to see you. Thank you for having me. Okay, first question. What is uh, the outcome of the election in summary? Just a high-level 10,000-foot overview, if you will, Catherine. We talked about the candidates. Uh, did it shake out as expected? Uh, were there significant uh, surprises? What What is the outcome? Um, generally, I would say it did shake out as expected. Um, Olaf Scholz with his SPD won the election, closely followed by Amin Laschet with the CDU. Um, a little bit surprising was the relative equal results for the Green Party and for the FDP. Um, the Green Party still before the FDP um, and the AFD got in as well. Um, the left party, Die Linke, um, with 4.9%, you would expect not to be in, but because they have three direct candidates that were elected, they actually made it in as a fraction as well. Okay, so for most, I would say, American listeners, SPD, CDU, Grüne, so the Green Party, which is mostly self-explanatory, FDP, do we, do we have sort of a, a kind of a... 10, 15 second summary. What does the SPD stand for? What does the CDU stand for? What do they represent so that we get sort of a lay of the land? The SPD is the Sozialdemokratische Partei Deutschlands, which is the Social Democrats. They come out of the labor movement originally. It's the longest existing party in Germany. Um, they were in the great coalition between the CDU and this SPD now for the past four years. Um, they have uh, been chancellor um, a couple times with Willy Brandt and Helmut Schmidt. Um, they are standing really for renewal at this point, although they were part of the coalition in the last four years. So we will see Olaf Scholz as their candidate, very calm demeanor. He is now titled the new Merkel, although he's from the opposite party, um, but yeah, left-leaning. Um, the CDU right of center, and by right of center, I mean they're probably most closely aligned with the Democrats here. They're the Christlich Demokratische Union, the Christian Democratic Union. Um, there's not really a whole lot of Christian influence in there, at least not outwardly, although Frau Merkel, of course, was the daughter of a pastor. 
Um, it's a very Catholic, very male, very Western German party. And she, of course, was the opposite of all of that. Um, and yeah, they have been in power for a long time, 16 years. And many voters apparently felt that it was time for a new beginning. Their candidate had the worst polls of any CEU candidate ever in the history of uh, the Bundesrepublik, and um, that shook out in the end. We also have the Free Democrats, which is uh, traditionally a party that looks onto free markets and the power of the free markets, taking care of everything. Um, this year, they also added a topic of digitalization, especially digitalization of schools. Germany's behind in schools, but also in general for digitalization. And that was one of their big, big topics. Uh, the Green Party, as opposed to the SPD, doesn't really come out of the labor movement. It's a very bourgeois party, uh, very rooted in the center of the society. Um, lots of educated people that are fairly worried about where our climate is heading or the world in general. Um, they were a little bit the hippie party when they were founded in the late 70s. Um, that has not really shaken out. They have had to compromise. They had to give up their completely pacifist stand. But I would say they have arrived in the middle of politics and are now a major player. And then, of course, we have the AFD. Um, that is a right, very, very far to the right party. Um, parts of it which are right radical, I would claim, although I might get backlash for that. Um, who interestingly have a lesbian leader who is married to a woman from Sri Lanka, so a woman of color. They have um, biracial children and live in Switzerland. So Alice Weide, the German part, um, is fighting to repeal gay marriage right in Germany as part of her far right agenda and very anti-foreigners, very xenophobic. Um, again, she's married to a lady not from Switzerland or Germany, um, while her wife in Switzerland now campaigned for the referendum that ultimately now allows in Switzerland gay marriage as well or same-sex marriage. So that would be an interesting conversation to listen, listen to at the you know, supper table. Um, but yeah, that is the AFD. And then, of course, we have the Linke. The Linke um, really was founded out of a split of the SPD, the Social Democrats. The left wing of the SPD went together with the PDS, which is the follow-up party from former Eastern Germany. Um, so communist, leftist, Social Democrats joined and have been a reliable force in German um, politics, um, but had to face some losses now in this last election. Now, Wim, when uh, Die Linke, so the left uh, side, came about, I saw your hands go up in uh, sort of almost song and dance. Obviously, you are quite uh, stoked with uh, Die Linke getting 39 seats or 4.9% of the votes. And Catherine, thank you so, so much for the high-level summary here. That I think assists a lot in, in figuring out who's who in this rather big chessboard that we just simply don't have in the U.S. But concerning the Linke, so the left-leaning party, 
you you had a little bit of an emotional expression. Uh, why is that? What is what is the the uh, I suppose importance of uh, the left leaning party with the younger generation that you certainly fall under? Well, I mean this this election really was you know um, the opportunity we had to you know decide over our future, and I just really do think that the left leaning party, um, the Linke, is the one I or many young people um, have the most trust in when it comes to actually, you know, changing things that will increase the quality of our lives. And with us being the people that um, will remain the longest on this planet, I think that's why we are so focused and keen on getting these topics through and actually into the Bundestag, which the Green Party is also big on that but they're not as consistent, I would say, with what they um, do. So that's mainly why me and other young people um, favor the Lincoln. Now, Katrin, besides Wim just calling us old, uh, obviously. Uh, that's <laughs> have a point, yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder... Uh, some individual line items, if you were to take a highlighter, if you will, to the agenda of uh, the Linke, uh, the Linke party, what what stands out to you above all that are the, the quintessential items that you and your generation pays attention to wanting to drive that forward? Are you talking to me? No, Wim. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they're just really focusing on... Um, change today and not tomorrow and um what they ask of the politicians and the bundestag in general is just really focus on social issues um and the climate which are the most important right now i would say simply because they have the biggest influence on our lives and the outcome of that is very unclear and uncertain at this point but we all know um, or should know at this point that if we don't act now, um, it's going to be very unpleasant in the future. And sadly, um, the older generation um, fails to realize that or doesn't want to have that, you know, be the truth um, that we're facing. Um, so that's why they almost didn't get in. But I think that maybe they just need another four years so more young people are um, able to vote and, you know, support their um, bold and necessary um, statements. Now, there is some evidence in the U.S. that the older one gets the more uh, conservative, uh, the leanings, so to speak. Uh, that's at least uh, somewhat true for the U.S. The question is, uh, Katrin, is there something similar to uh, to be seen in Germany where, for instance, uh, the link here with their very forward thinking and probably generation jumping agenda of really wanting to take care of the environment, which undoubtedly is important, I think, uh, to deny that is is folly at this point but uh, is there a concern that as people get older that they change their tune a little bit more towards the established spd cdu uh, fdp what have you i think this election in general unfortunately was very much driven by the perception of old against young right older people are okay with things are they want to 
keep what is happening. Everybody's having a good life. You know, people are fairly prosperous for the most part. Um, when we're complaining in Germany, we're complaining at a very high level, right? Unlike here where there's extreme poverty, um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in Germany, but it's certainly not at a level like it is here. Um, over time, as research shows, of course, people do tend to become a little bit more conservative. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going all the way to the right and are all of a sudden becoming xenophobic or homophobic or whatever. I believe that these are issues that are here to stay. And we are aware of that the climate is a big problem. And as it was said here before, to deny that, I mean, we are running out of time and amongst, um, you know, serious scientists, there's absolutely no question that it is basically too late at this point. Um, I don't feel that the up and coming generations now are really going to back down on this. What I think is that maybe it becomes a little bit more realistic. Um, and I'm not saying whatever is being suggested is not realistic, but of course we have to find a consensus in society. Um, and the far left driving this alone is not going to work. We have to build alliances, of course. And I think people are more willing to build these alliances the older they get. One of the things that uh, Katrin just said, Wim, struck me as rather interesting in a sense that uh, Germans, as uh, they get older, are quite content with their prosperity, with uh, their quality of life. And I wonder if there is a little bit of a, let's just say, contradictory uh, position in arguing for cl uh, climate change or for preserving the climate that we have, ideally improving it, and simultaneously also forgetting the prosperity argument. Is this something where the younger generation today says that I am willing to forego a little bit of the prosperity and comfort that I have in order to save the environment? Or can those two coexist? I think what's um, the main difference is that young people do tend to, you know, voice um, more radical um, positions. And that really just gets more and more moderate the older we get naturally. Um, so I'm just hoping that um, young generations will, you know, keep on fighting for these issues we just mentioned, um, but also at the same time that, for example, my generation now will maintain some of that mentality and take that along once they get older. Um, because we really need that, that mindset. And I don't know what it is that makes um, the older generations not forget that, but, you know, look over it somewhat. Um, so one can just really hope that um, the coming, upcoming generations will go along with these very necessary changes. Which I think we desperately also need more of in the U.S., Catherine. I think we see a very um, strong shift in society right now when it comes to social issues in general. I mean, this awareness of social justice and as a very dominant example, I think the whole gender debate, right? Um, that is not something that would have been possible 30 years ago. 
and um, rights that, you know, seem possibly new for my generation and possibly your generation, Günther, our generation, um, are just a given for the generations that are growing up now and that are around Vim's age, who is a first-time voter. Those things are going to radically change society. There's absolutely no question. And if you're pro-equal rights for everybody, especially when it comes to sexuality or gender, that is not going to go away even if you get older. Um, those things are staying. And out of that change, society is about to go through a major shift. Um, in the 1920s, um, during the Weimar Republic, there was a saying, and I will translate loosely, the time is pregnant with something new, but doesn't know how to give birth. And I feel that that is the case at this point as well. Changes are coming. We see a lot of upheaval. We see right-wing, far right-wing parties all across Western um, society gaining strength, but also being pushed back again. Um, there is a lot of upheaval in society, and we will see in the coming decades where this is going. Which all of this, all of this suggests that emotions are driving a lot of the outcomes. And particularly when we look at the uh, last U.S. presidential election, that was driven by a lot of emotions. And I think those emotions still in some pockets of the country uh, are pretty, pretty heated and pretty present. I'm wondering, Wim, when you think of yourself and your friends and the community in which you're part of, was it as emotional as it was in the U.S.? Uh, what is the emotion right now? How does how does Germany, how does your group feel right now? Well, I think what really drives my generation is that we feel silenced or looked over um, by the former government um, that is now luckily going to, you know, make a shift. Um, and... This dissatisfaction with politics um, really motivated a lot of young people to go vote. Um, but the focus that people in my generation said is, um, you know, really widespread. Um, there's a lot of young people um, voting for the AFD as well, where I don't know where that motivation comes from. Um, but what Katrin mentioned earlier that the FDP now focused on um, digitalizing um, schools and our country in general also appealed to a lot of young people. So they were actually the party with the most votes um, within people um, that voted for the first time. Um, so there's really a lot going on and people um, are unsatisfied with many different things. Um, but I think the topics that are, you know, in the lead right now are really um, climate change and education. And how does it, how does it feel? feel? Does it feel hopeful? Does it feel um, like mission accomplished, but now it's time for more? Is it a little deflated because uh, the Linke, even though 39 seats won, was it not enough? What's, what's it feel like right now? I think it does, you know, make one at least a little hopeful um, that the Green Party is the third strongest one going into this um, new legislative now. Um, and 
the left party, you know, lost a lot, but um, they're still in, they're still there to um, be heard. And that's really all we can ask for at this point. Um, and again, I don't know why people my age voted for the FDP, um, but they're in there now and they're fighting for, you know, young people's um, education to be um, increased and bettered. So that's something um, one can look forward to, hopefully. Um, and I'm just really praying that, um, you know, the new government, whatever it may be, in the end, will tackle um, the challenge of climate change and social injustice that we do um, face in Germany as well. Which is, which is interesting. You keep coming back to the same topics, so obviously very much dear to your heart, which I believe is uh, also representative perhaps of the group of, uh, of your um, age like-minded people, if you will, that you have a focus on a certain agenda. But uh, going back to our previous uh, recording, Katrin, you mentioned that the possibility of a Jamaica coalition is there. And as opposed to the US, where we have a two-party system and an absolute majority is quote-unquote easier reachable than in, the, in, than in Germany, where we have just this wide array of participants, are they going to find common ground? Uh, is Jamaica still a thing? Uh, what, what do you perceive there? Well, it depends on who you ask, right? If you're asking Armin Laschet, Jamaica is going to be the next uh, big thing. And, you know, they are now looking to the future and they're the most future-oriented party there is, which is not what we've seen in the past four years. So I would still stand by the Ampel coalition, which is the red, green, and yellow, um, the SPD, the CDU, and the FDP. Um, they are talking. They are being very cautious about any results. Um, the weekend was spent with um, the two smaller parties, so the FDP and the Green Party, talking to the two bigger parties, and nobody's really, you know, Oh, how do you say that? Letting the public peek into their cards, let's say. Um, especially since last year or last time it was such a disaster and the FDP pulled out at such a late period and it took five and a half months to form a government. I would be shocked if it got to anywhere close to that this time around. Um, I would think that uh, the actual coalition talks are going to happen very soon here. And I would also be very surprised if in the end we did have the Schwampel, um, which is the Schwarze Ampel or the Jamaica coalition. Okay, uh, just to give you an idea of the coloration, if you will, the SPD with 206 seats is red. The CDU with 196 seats is black. Grüne, so the Green Party with 118 seats, obviously is green. The FDP with 92 seats is yellow. And the AFD with 83 seats is blue, as well as links. So the left party with 39 seats is sort of in a um, pinkish kind of shade. Now, if you can't keep this all straight because this is in recording form, then, of course, this makes perfect sense. Just jump on Google and uh, search for the German election outcome and you will find out uh, what the color distribution is and also how difficult it is to probably get something functional together and why it can take possibly five and a half months to somehow find common ground because there are so many players. Is it reasonable to expect a lot of conflict again or are they 
going to get it done because the German population, the German public, the Germans deserve something to be in place? Well, they deserved something to be in place last time as well. Um, I don't know that it's a matter of, you know, a sudden feeling of obligation towards the public, but I do feel that it was very clear that politicians' reputations suffered much last time after this whole chaos that ensued. Um, and I think they're highly motivated. I think they're highly motivated to find something. I think the fact that the CDU lost so massively in the elections shows that people really are ready for something new. And going back to the whole link or left party, um, yes, they're at 4.9%. But again, the people that voted for the left party last time, they're not really going anywhere. They're not all of a sudden going to vote CDU they will still vote in the left spectrum. Um, so again, we need all of these people to form alliances to actually move the country forward. And I don't see this will to work with everybody in the CDU at this point. They are so non-oriented to anything right now. Um, there's nothing going to come from them. And certainly no one is going to form a coalition with the AFD, with a right-wing, extreme right-wing party. It was basically unthinkable 30 years ago um, that a party that would come out of the former SED in Eastern Germany would have any place in German politics, but that has changed drastically. And as Wim said, especially the very young generation who don't really remember much of the SED and only know it from stories, they are much more open to the possibilities. And maybe the older generations need to reevaluate a little bit. Obviously, keep vigilant because I, for me, certainly don't want to return to conditions like they were in Eastern Germany, um, but also look at what they have to offer that might propel uh, society forward. So, Wim, considering that uh, the left party with 39 seats, 4.9% is not going to run the show single-handedly, they have to somehow engage with the other participants who have made it into the Bundestag. From your perspective, what would be an acceptable coalition? I do think that the one we um, should hope for, and I am somewhat looking forward to, is this ample situation with um, the FDP, the Green Party, and the SPD, um, simply because they are the most, um, you know, modern um, and forward-thinking, I would say, um, when it comes to possible coalitions. Because, I mean, the great coalition with SPD and CDU is possible this time around, too, which is very unlikely to happen, but it's still an option. Um, so the ample really is the one um, everyone is hoping for right now, I would say, um, which leaves the left party out, of course, um, but they're really just there to form an opposition this time and, you know, voice um, their very good ideas um, for everyone else to hear and maybe take into regards when it comes to making decisions. The whole opposition idea is going to be very interesting if this ample coalition is happening and we need a strong opposition. We are democracy, we need a strong opposition, which is a problem right now in the United States, right? Because it's so divided that 
yeah, the opposition, it's a different topic, but we want um, a strong opposition and an opposition that's formed with the CDU, the um, Linke Party and the AFD certainly are going to have all angles that they can come from after the governing party. And that might not be a bad thing. They might not be particularly unified, um, but they will look at things from very different angles, which is a good thing. It is quite, I would say, suspenseful almost to try to figure out what what the outcome is going to be, what the build of the uh, coalition and the Bundestag will be. And I think, um, Wim, if uh, you're available, let's do this on the air, um, someday down the road, once they've come to terms, uh, maybe we should revisit this with another recording to figure out what does this really now mean for Germany and the Germans, depending on whatever the coalition will be. And other than that, I think that pretty much summarizes everything as far as the outcome of the election. Uh, the next couple of weeks, hopefully not months, will tell what uh, the German representatives can actually cook in the kitchen together rather than beating each other senseless with a wooden spoon. Uh, Wim, all the way across the ocean, thanks so much for joining us via Zoom. Much appreciated and good to see you, my friend. You're very welcome. And Katrin, as always, thanks for being here with your expertise and summaries. I love to be here. Good. And we'll do it again um, whenever the Germans figure out their stuff. Until then, this is Here and There, the podcast of the Germanic American Institute, this time with a close look at the German election. Until next time, this is Günther signing off. Tschüss.